Abba, Father, that is our prayer tonight. That we would be yours and yours alone. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. This evening, I want you to take a chance on me. I'll need you to give me, give me, give me your attention. Uh, Because knowing me, knowing you, uh, this is something that you need to hear today. In fact, it's better than money, money, money. Uh, And if you get what this evening's sermon is all about, then you'll get on like a dancing queen. Uh, This evening we're thinking about ABBA, uh, but obviously not the Swedish pop group. Uh, Instead we're thinking about our ABBA uh, and being able to call God ABBA. Uh, As Paul says uh, in verse 15 there in Romans chapter 8, and by him, that is the Spirit, uh, we cry ABBA, Father. We're in a short series at the moment, and it could be cut even shorter due to coronavirus, perhaps. Uh, But we're in a short series at the minute uh, as we work our way through Romans 8 and think about living by the Spirit. Uh, A fortnight ago, we heard about the wonderful good news that therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We already know the verdict on the last day. We're already confident that nothing can condemn us because we are in Christ. Now that is good, obviously. That is great and wonderful. But there is even more to the Christian life than just knowing that truth. Tonight, Paul opens up a bit more of what that means for us as we are brought into God's family and receive the inheritance. So let's dive in at verse 12 as we unpack the glorious riches of Christ. And it's on page 1134 in the Pew Bibles, if you need to catch up. Verse 12. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. So Paul says... Based on what we saw the last time, based on the fact that we no longer are under condemnation because of the Lord Jesus, we now have an obligation. We owe something to someone. Now, in verse 12, he doesn't spell it out. We'll work it out in a second or two. But notice that he tells us who we don't owe anything to who we are under no obligation to. He says there, verse 12, not to the sinful nature to live according to it. I wonder if you've ever changed jobs. You worked hard for your previous employer, but now you work for a new boss. And then your old employer comes around Uh, trying to tell you what to do. Well, how do you think that would work? It wouldn't work very well, would it? You now work for someone else in a different company, and yet the old boss is still trying to tell you 
what to do. You would say, I don't owe you anything. I'm under no obligation to obey you. I have finished working for you and you don't control me anymore. And that's what's going on here. Paul has showed how we have been rescued from living according to the sinful nature, our natural flesh, living according to our own desires. We don't owe it anything. We're under no obligation to it. Our time for living by the flesh has now finished. But you might still be wondering, well, who do we owe something to? What is our obligation these days? Well, look at the contrast Paul sets out there in verse 13. He says, for if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Paul says there are only two ways that we can live. Either by the sinful nature, the path that leads to death, or living by the Spirit. So it must be to the Spirit, to to God, that we owe everything. We have been, in the words of that famous hymn, ransomed, healed, restored, forgiven. Everything we have now is because of God. So how do we pay our debts, as it were? How do we respond to God's good news? Well, it's by the Spirit, as we put to death, the misdeeds of the body. Do you hear how strong that language is there? It's not just don't do those things that you used to do. No, it's put to death the misdeeds of the body. We're not to uh, cuddle them or pet them. We're to put them to the sword. The Puritan writer in the 1600s, John Owen, urged his readers to be killing sin or sin will kill you. At the minute, we're seeing the danger of a contagious virus spreading and causing illness and death, causing fear and uncertainty, causing bare shells in supermarkets. And behind the scenes in labs around the world, scientists and medics are trying to find ways to stop the virus, to kill it. And hygiene standards have been raised to try to kill the virus. We need to be fighting the threat of sin just as much as we're fighting the threat of COVID-19. But notice that it's not something that we can do by ourselves. Verse 13. It's only by the Spirit that we can be putting to death the misdeeds of the body. And we need his power to lead us and to change us, to kill off our sins. And it's an ongoing process. Not just a once for all event as if you wake up tomorrow morning and you think, well, I'm never going to sin again. It doesn't work that way. Sin will keep springing up 
and needs to be killed over and over again. When you look at those two ways to live, which do you think is the easier one? Living by what pleases you or killing off your sin and living to please the Spirit? Which is easier? Easier to just do what you want, isn't it? Far easier to just do whatever you want. Follow your desire. You see, the struggle is to put to death the misdeeds of the body. Because deep down we might still actually want to do those things. But there is encouragement here. You see, if you are struggling, if you are fighting against your sin, much as you feel discouraged, actually that is a good sign. That is a positive sign. As verse 14 continues, because those who are led by the Spirit are sons of God. You see, if you are struggling with sin, if you are by the Spirit putting it to death, then you're being led by the Spirit. And if you're led by the Spirit of God, then you are a son of God. Now ladies, that just means that you inherit. Because when Paul wrote this, only the sons inherited. And so uh, male and female, he describes everyone as sons. We would put it now, children of God. But you are a son of God. Because you are an heir of him. What an encouragement that is. Perhaps this week you have been discouraged by your weakness. By how easily you have slipped once again. You know better. You try harder and still you fall. The fact that you're frustrated is a good sign. It shows that you're led by the Spirit. It shows that you are a child of God. And it comes through the Holy Spirit. Verse 15. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. But you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. God doesn't give us the Holy Spirit in order uh, to bring fear or to bring slavery. Rather, he is the spirit of sonship, or as other versions put it, the spirit of adoption. We have been loved by God and brought into his family and made one of his children. And the spirit teaches us how to call God our father. Abba, not the pop group. Abba here is the word for daddy. Or dada. Or dad in Aramaic. It's a, a sign of closeness, a sign of affection. 
And it's by the Spirit that we can call the God who made the entire universe our dad. We who were on the outside are brought in by the sacrifice of Jesus. And the work of the Spirit confirms what has happened in our hearts. Verse 16, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. The Spirit confirms that we really are God's children. And he also confirms that we are God's heirs. God's inheritance is for us, for all who believe, for all who are his children, the brothers and sisters of the Lord Jesus. What a transformation in just a few verses. From owing everything for our very lives in verse 12 to inheriting everything in verse 17. Everything that the Father has is ours in Christ. The glory lies ahead. If we're here next week, we'll think a little bit more about the suffering that's mentioned there. But the glory lies ahead. And in the meantime, as children of our Abba, Father, we are called to live by the Spirit and put to death the misdeeds of the body. Perhaps as you hear of what the Christian faith and and the Christian life looks like, perhaps you think to yourself, you know, that sounds great. But you realise that actually that's not you. You realise that you still just do what you please, that you live according to your sinful nature. God is calling you to turn around today. Don't stand on the outside any longer, but be be brought in, come in, come home, and know the God of the universe as your dad. Your Abba. But maybe you are a Christian. And maybe just at the moment you're finding things tough. Sin keeps popping up. You keep doing things that you don't want to and you are struggling. And you, you think as you sit there, if anyone else knew what I was going through right now, they wouldn't want to be anywhere near me. Be encouraged by the Holy Spirit living in you, leading you to keep fighting as you put your sin to death. You don't need to live in slavery or in fear because you are adopted as a son, as a child of God. God gives you all that you need to live for him. The power of his Holy Spirit 
dwelling inside of you. How amazing that we are welcomed home. How amazing that we are children of our Abba Father. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you know uh, the struggles that we have, the frustrations that we feel. Abba, Father, help us to know uh, by your Spirit living us that we are yours. Help us, Lord, to live in a way that pleases you. And Lord, give us your grace to put to death those things which do not please you. So Lord, may we know your spirit living in us. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.